Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Guess what today is? Day. Wednesday. 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 morning. Wednesday. 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 Now, from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios on this Wednesday, it's Bob and Sherry. The other day I was online working and up popped a, a news feed and it said Suzanne Summers had passed away. And I yelled to Mary because my door to the studio was open. I said, Suzanne Summers just died. And she said, what? And I think that was probably, let's hear the theme for a second. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Where the kisses are hers and hers and his. Three's company too. Come and dance. So um, I think everybody was surprised, uh, although she had some health problems that I think uh, she was very open about. The New York Times did a, a charming little piece on her, and it's the New York Times, so you could see they might be a little bit snarky about uh, personalities such as Suzanne Summers, but they were not. Uh, long before influencers took over, the actress Suzanne Summers went from sitcom fame to cheerleader for supplements, exercise fads, and sexual wellness with great success. The title of the piece on her was, Before Goop, There Was Suzanne Summers," And I'll just read. Of all the sunny blondes of the 1970s, Suzanne Summers was the sunniest. She had the face, the figure, the hair, the smile, the giggle, the wiggle, and enough good humor to make her breakout dumb blonde character in Three's Company lovably watchable rather than cloying or expensive. And the article goes on to say that she was very sexy and was ogled, but her real trick was she just kept a smile on her face and didn't ogle back. She stayed upbeat. So when the series ended, people were so in love with her, men and women, that she could go on and sell anything. And uh, Max has an example of that right now. Great legs. Thank you. How do you get them? I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I found Thighmaster. Every single time you squeeze thigh master, you strengthen and tone right where you need it. So it's easy to squeeze, squeeze your way to shapely hips and thighs. I thought I'd never fit into these jeans again. Thank you, thigh master. I don't know if thigh master is still a thing, <laughs> still even around, but it was everywhere during that period. And she must have sold millions of them. She did. You want to hear something yeah. interesting? So she yeah. got fired from Three's Company when she asked for equal pay with John Ritter because the network had all this uh, research and data that showed that she was the reason people tuned in. Like she was right. the favorite of the three characters. John Ritter was the star. 
she got fired. And according to Suzanne Summers, John Ritter did not speak to her for over 20 years. And then one day he called her on the phone and he said, I just want you to know I forgive you. And she said, I had, I had to catch my breath. Wow. Um, and I had to make a decision in that moment. And the decision was to swallow the, like that, what are you forgiving me for? Right. So she made the yeah. decision to swallow it for the sake mm -hmm. of the relationship. And at that time he was doing eight rules for dating my teenage daughter. Do you remember that TV show? Yeah. Yeah. Just before okay. he got sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where Kel uh, Kaylee Cuoco got her start. And he said to her, I have an idea. I would love to have you and Joyce DeWitt guest on eight simple rules. And here's the plot line. My character will be asleep and he'll, and you two will be in his dream and it'll be a bad dream. It'll be a nightmare. And Suzanne Summers said, I turned that down. I told him after all these years, I certainly do not want to come back as your nightmare, but, uh, but let's do something <laughs> else in the future. And he died a week later. Oh my God. A week later. I a didn't know he later, went that yeah. fast. Wow. Yeah. I was shocked so, when he passed away. That was a little Suzanne Summers anecdote that um, yeah. I, yeah. I picked up in the days after her death. It was a really, when you, when you think about, like she really was the breakout star of that show. John Ritter, John Ritter went on to have this huge career in television and Suzanne Summers eventually got another very successful sitcom um, about, I don't know, She's the somewhere sheriff? in the late eighties. No, the, no, it was a, yeah. it was a different one. It's right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. But she made her real money on her books and on Thymaster. And to answer yeah. your question, Bob, is Thymaster still around? Karamia bought one for 75 cents at Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm telling you what, it looked like it had never been used. So it's yeah. pretty good. Most yeah. of them have not. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Or two or three days. Two or three yeah. days. Um, oh. the, the Times article goes on to say she was sex without menace. The sparkly girl, the then lady next door who was happy to invite you in and show you just how to be like her, fit, healthy, young, and beautiful. And um, yeah, I was uh, I was saddened. I didn't watch that show very much. I mean, it was one of the cheesiest looking programs I think I've ever seen in my life. Just the way it was shot was just so cheap and cheesy. But uh, Yeah, but you, we all have to admit that Mrs. Roper's festive caftans, <laughs> style icon, okay? Without style icon. All right, um, we got. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Britney Spears. She's dropping some bombshells ahead of her memoir. Then we got morons in the news. Comedian Kristen Key and your work love language all straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. How about a vacation for a teacher that you love or respect? Go to the contest page at bobandsherry.com and nominate a teacher. Tell us why they deserve a vacation. We're going to pick one weekly qualifier and they'll be entered to win our monthly grand prize from Visit Florida. A three-night vacation for two to Fort Myers Beach, including a common at Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers, round trip airfare to Southwest Florida International Airport, and a rental car. Go nominate that teacher that changed your life. BobandSherry.com. Well, Britney Spears' new memoir is coming out in six days. And she uh, was all over the social platform formerly known as Twitter with some excerpts from the book. 
Um, it's really interesting. Like, uh, there's one clip, and these are there's no sound, Bob. This is these are video clips with just text. But there's one clip where she says, "I actually envy the people who know how to make fame work for them." And then she said, "My demeanor was innocent, and it wasn't an act. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was living on the edge of a cliff." If you stood up for me when I couldn't stand up for myself from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And apparently, hmm, it's called The Woman in Me. And apparently a whole lot of people are going to be uncomfortable when this mm. thing comes out. Paris Hilton, she and Brittany used to hang out together way, way back in the day. And Paris Hilton has always supported Brittany, you know, publicly and privately. And um, Paris Hilton told People Magazine that she knows how um, hard it can be uh, to be in this kind of spotlight and that she really supports Britney because she knows what Britney has been through in show business behind the scenes. So, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a barn burner of a book. She uh, it'll is, sail. It'll sail. She is topless, uh, covering herself with her arms and hands on the cover, and the book company flew her to Tahiti to do a uh, shoot on a beach, wearing very little. So, I hope uh, I hope she's in control. Is all I can say. Um, I think she would have been better off, you know, with just a tight face shot. To be honest with you. But, the, but, but that's I, what I'm saying is there, you know what they're selling. Yeah. I mean, I also, I also don't know who, like how much agency Brittany had in that. Right. Like right. Brittany might've. Yeah. That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. People are telling her what to do. I don't know. I think it's a, it's an unfortunate hot mess. But Brittany, yeah. this seems to be Brittany trying to take control of the, her own story, right? Yeah. She so, talks about she talks about at the age of fifteen, auditioning for a music label executives, and she said there were lines of men in suits looking me up and down in my small dress and high heels. She's fifteen. <laughs> I'm sorry, and you're surprised by that. <laughs> what yeah, about just when you when you see it, it when you see it in black and white, it just seems so much ickier. It does, and yet you know perfectly well that that is how that works, right? Right. That is exactly how that works. That the people making decisions on performers like Britney Spears or Selena Gomez or Demi Lovato or Olivia Rodriguez or Billie Eilish, Katy Perry, Pink. We can go like we could run out of time on earth listing them. We, we know perfectly well how those decisions are made and how those performers are marketed. And Britney was really exploited. Yeah, it's really true. Exploited. They were marketed. And I'm not trying to compare Britney Spears to Neil Young, but nobody ever asked Neil Young to take his shirt off for the front of an album. You know? Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love Neil. I love Neil. He just. Uh, but you know, here's the Neil thing Young. that's unfair. 
Yeah, so here's the thing that's unfair. Making Britney, holding Britney responsible for what you just said. Nobody ever asked Neil Young to do it. But right. We all know how these females, whether it's Ariana Grande or Pink or whatever, we all right. know how that game gets played. And then when the game gets played, you, you put, well, what a Jezebel, put some clothes on. Like, isn't that interesting? My wife would be more inclined to buy that book, and I don't think she'd be alone, if there was the aforementioned tight shot of her looking right at the camera, looking right at you. And in some way, there's a hook on the front of the book that says, you're going to hear stuff uh, uncensored and raw about me. My wife is more likely to buy that book than with the shot that they're using. I mean, men are not going to buy this book for the most part. Why? Because they're not interested in what Brittany has to say? Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> Thank I really you. Do. I really do feel that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I agree with you, by the way. And no, in fact, yeah. I think a big part of the problem with Brittany is that no one has ever been interested in what Brittany no. has had to say. From the time she was the moneymaker for her family up until this present moment, it's always been, shh, just be yeah. pretty and sing Hit Me Baby one more time. And here time. we are with her tell-all, but they're still using her figure, uh, her sexuality to sell it. Morons in the News is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is sponsored by Lowe's. Find the top products and quantities you need when you need them. Lowe's knows pros. Are you ready? We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the News with Bob and Sherry. Hello to everybody in the county. This uh, moron in the news story is from Lincoln, Maine. A driver led police on a 55-mile chase in Maine after nearly hitting a game warden. The warden had witnessed a vehicle leaving the scene of a suspected trespassing and theft at a pulp and tissue mill. Now, I don't know about you. If I were a criminal and I wanted to get the big bucks, I would try to find a pulp and tissue mill because that's where the big money is. And I... I would want to knock that over. Yeah. They they chased two guys. There were two guys in the car for more than 90 minutes. I mean, this is like Duke of Hazzard stuff. And later, uh, police in Haynesville, Maine, deployed tire deflation mats and other techniques to slow the vehicle down. Police said the driver and the other guy fled the scene, but they were quickly located and charged with uh, numerous offenses. What, what did you think was in the pulp factory, the pulp and paper factory? <laughs> maybe he was stocking up on toilet tissue, maybe. Is that possible? You think that's what it is? Well, well it cost a lot. Yeah, I could see that. All right, Lamar? <laughs> you know, a New Hampshire police officer fulfilled one New Hampshire man's DoorDash order after the delivery driver was pulled over. David Eldridge from Brentwood was waiting for his DoorDash order last week to arrive, and he said a police officer holding a McDonald's bag approached his front steps. There's a knock on the door, and I thought, well, that's DoorDash. Up, there's a police officer. He said he handed me the bag, and after he left, I thought, maybe I should have given him a tip. Brentwood (laughs) police said they pulled over the DoorDash driver for speeding, 
And then they, when they ran the driver's information, everything was suspended, the license and the registration and everything. And we had to take her car and get it off the road. We gave her a ride and she got picked up. The officer said that um, he showed up on the scene. Another officer showed up on the scene to help him. And he looks at the order and he goes, we probably should just get that delivered. Sometimes administrative <laughs> issues can jam you up and it's not really your fault. So we did what we could to try and help her on the scene and obviously for help her with DoorDash. What a good I, for I him. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that is awesome. Me too. That's what I would want if I was wanting food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Today's moron of the day. I mean, who doesn't secretly wish that they could steal a big street sweeper and take it for a joyride? Right. You're going to tell me you've never watched one of those things come down the street and thought to yourself, I bet that's a fun job. That's exactly what happened in Marion County, Florida. An Ocala woman was arrested when she was busted joyriding in her stolen street sweeper. Uh, when deputies tried to pull the truck over, the 23-year-old driver floored it and prompted a relatively low-speed police chase because your street sweepers can only get but so fast. About four <laughs> minutes before police were eventually able to pull the street sweeper over. My favorite part of this is, and we've got the body cam video, the arrest video, um, when they finally got her out of the truck, she said, I don't want to talk. I want a lawyer. You got me. <laughs> I just think that you got Don't me. say anything. Girl. Girl, but let me just say, we do got you. That's a street yeah. sweeper, and you stole it, and you're standing there admitting it. We definitely got you, and we've got that video. We're going to post it up right now on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. That is Morons in the News coming up. The hilarious Kristen Key, your work love language, and why being a contestant on Big Brother is a recipe for insanity. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I love my wife so much. She does so much for me. She is very loyal, a great cook. She's just fantastic. But every once in a while, she turns into a lying liar who lies. She made a new <laughs> pronouncement just the other day. I don't want Finn on the bed anymore. I went, what? But but I but I put a blanket on top of the uh, the blankets that we sleep with, and that's his blanket. It's on my side of the bed. I don't want him on the bed. We take him through the forest preserve. His feet are filled. But but I put him in. I give him a foot bath after we go to the forest preserve, and I get all the uh, dirt off of it, and then I dry him. I don't want him on the bed. And I was so because he's not allowed on the couch, especially the fancy couch. Any couch in our house. And I would like to have him on every couch in the house. But now he had, was banned from the bed. And then the other night, I went in to check on her. I was watching TV in the other room. And there he is on the bed. She's looking at TikToks with the TV on. She's got a glass of red wine. And she goes, what are you in here for? I am very peaceful, and I don't want to have any kind of a problem here. I'm lying here with my dog as cozy as I can be. I said, he's on the bed. He was banned from the bed. But now, because you want to be cozy, he's he's up on the bed, and that's okay. And, and she said, and your point is? 
So now you act like you've no. never been married before, Bob. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. Rules don't I always know. apply to everybody evenly. Okay, they don't apply evenly. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. And and now the only time I can really snuggle with him on my bed is when he's next to her, and it, so it's awkward because it's not natural. I'm petting his head, but he's up against her. You know, it's just not as satisfying. So anyway, it's not right. Bob. It's just not right. It's Bob and Sherry. We're very excited about Bob and Sherry Premium. There's so much content. You get classic chat room calls, your best of CDs, behind the scene photos and videos, and it only costs $4.99 a month. Go to bobandsherry.com slash premium. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Exergen. Accuracy matters, so make Exergen the chosen thermometer for your home and family. Here is comedian Kristen Key. I don't have any pets. <laughs> but if I did have a pet, I want a cat. I want a cat real bad. I just think they're so cute. But I can't have one because my wife's allergic, which is a Latin word that means selfish. <laughs> But I still want one. I'm a woman. I've learned from other women that if you want something and you want change, sometimes you got to march for it. <laughs> so I've just been marching around my house lately, <laughs> protesting. What do I want? A kitty cat. When do I want it? Meow. I want a little kitty cat, any kind of kitty cat, an ugly little kitty cat, a one-eyed kitty cat. And when do I want it? Meow. Short hair, long hair, I will cherish any kitty cat. Well, unless it's hairless. (laughs) (laughs) It's a deal breaker. Those are gross. (laughs) They are. Have you ever tried to pet a hairless cat? It's like trying to pet a warm baked potato. (laughs) It's purring and I want to butter it. It's. (laughs) Hey, hey, ho, ho. Find a cat with hair and let's take it home. Two, four, six, eight, ten. I'm going to get a cat. You take a Claritin. So bring me kitty cat right (laughs) now. (laughs) <laughs> I want a cat because I travel. That's that's why I can't have another animal cuz you can leave a cat alone for like 6 months, you know. <laughs> you shouldn't. But you totally can. Yeah. You leave a cat for like six months with enough food and water and litter, and you come home six months later, cat is still alive and and kind of mad. (laughs) Passive aggressive about it. But they'll still come up to you like, oh, meow. Where have you been? You're like, uh oh. I'm going to have to clean some poop out of some shoes. <laughs> couple days, cat's fine. Try that with a dog. Come home a couple months later, you're like, uh-oh. We're going to have to bury that. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. I travel a lot, and I love to travel. I think, you know, I travel for work because I'm a comedian, but I also travel for fun. 
and bless you. And <laughs> it's polite. You say that. It's like a birthday wish. Otherwise, it won't come true. You know? <laughs> I do. I travel. I travel for work, but I also travel for fun. And one of my favorite ways to travel is I love a couple's vacation. I think it's the best way to travel, just you and your boo away from home. You know, because the hardest thing you ever have to do on a couple's vacation is figure out, should we eat again? <laughs> we just ate. I don't care. I'm snacky. Well, we don't have anything else to do. Let's just eat. Let's just be naughty. Let's grab a sandwich. <laughs> I love it. You turn into different people on a couple's vacation. You say stuff to each other you'd never say at home. Like, if you wake up before me, wake me up. Because I, I don't want to miss the sunrise without you. You don't say stuff like that at home. No, at home, you're like, if you wake up before me and you wake me up, I'll kill you. You wake up before me, you just lay there. Don't even get out of bed because you cannot do that quietly because I don't know what our sheets are made out of. Dorito bags? Come on. Just lay there. Try not to breathe so loud. Why do you breathe so loud? <laughs> Comedian Kristen Key. And you can find it right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So I've been thinking a lot about something I saw a week ago that made me very, very happy. And it's a very strange little thing. Um, and I can't, I think I do know why it made me so happy, but it involves you, Bob. Mm-hmm. And lots of other people saw it too, but I don't know that anyone else saw it the way that I did. So we were doing our virtual happy hour, which we'll be doing again tomorrow night. We do that on Thursdays um, on our Facebook page. If you've never been to one of our live happy hours, just jump onto the Bob and Cherry Facebook page at seven o'clock Eastern tomorrow night and pour something tasty. And we all just hang out for an hour and chat. Right. So at one point in our last in our happy hour, I guess last week, week or so ago, um, Mary popped her head in to say hello and then good night. And before she left, she kissed Bob on the cheek and then she started chewing on his face. But in like an affectionate way, start chewing on his face. And I feel like you've gone your whole life without that kind of affection. No one ever chewed on your face. Like when I was little, even they in my crazy on family, else, I can tell you they that did. It's, it's a little bit lower. They did. And that's why, you, that's why you can never, yeah, you can never get a comfortable seat. Um, but like my grandmoms and my aunts and all the, everybody like used to just squeeze my cheeks and bite my face and. Like I was used to that affection and that's how I raised my kids and all. But, but Bob comes from people that are much more reserved. He didn't get a lot of that. He didn't get any of that in childhood ever. Like they, he just doesn't come from that kind of family. And you've, I mean, no one's ever affectionately chewed on your face. And that was the first time I saw it. And, and it made me so freaking happy to see that. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that's crazy? It, it is very I don't different think it is. for me. I, I've had a couple of girlfriends who were affectionate. Um, be sure to edit that out, Max, because my wife might hear it. But I've I've never uh, had an experience like it's interesting you should say that. Like I like I have with Mary. It's totally different. We, we got in a bit of a tiff the other day about I don't even remember what it was about. 
but uh, there were a, f- a few hours where there wasn't a lot of talk. And I think every couple, you know, knows that situation where you're not yelling, you're not arguing, you're just kind of cold. And um, she wouldn't give in and I wouldn't give in. And then all of a sudden she walked up to me and kissed me on the mouth. And that was the end of it. <laughs> you know, that was completely the end of it. What it said to me was, you're really ticking me off right now about this. and You need to go ahead and be the one that says, I'm sorry, but I see you're not doing it. I'm going to let you know this may continue for a little while longer, but I still love you. And it is such a wonderful relief to know that you can disagree and yet the person still cares about you. And that's great, but that's even separate from somebody biting your face in an affectionate way. That's like, like you've never, you did not, like I bet when you were a baby, nobody like blew raspberries on your little feet or anything. Like I just feel like you were cared for and you were loved, but not in that warm, rambunctious, physically affectionate, playful way. No, you're exactly right. You are exactly right. And I didn't recognize it really until um, my first wife's family came into my life and they were Portuguese and very affectionate and very demonstrative. I mean, the difference between um, uh, Big Nancy is what they used to call her and your grandma Black, black hair. There's no difference yeah. that she, they could have been the same person, but the food was there and the hug was there. And, you know, and, and there was, well, there was laughter in my house, but there was also <laughs> some really bad crap that was going down. Um, at that point, I did sort of realize subconsciously that we were not an affectionate family. We were not, we, it's just, I don't know why we just weren't. And I missed, I, I, I always missed that when I would see it. Generally with um, a family that's Italian, generally with an Italian family. I think that's why I was so drawn to them. My, I, like I was thinking about, I've given this a lot of thought. The, the, I mean, I have, I've laid in my bed at night thinking about Mary biting your face, which, you know, many, you could argue is a sign it might be time to start a new book or whatever. But I was thinking about how, like when my daughter Olivia was a baby, she was so used to like diaper changing would involve getting a diaper change, but you'd also get tickled and raspberries on your tummy. And I would grab her little feet and make them dance on the bed or the changing table and chew on them and poke her little dimples. And she would like giggle and she had this big, deep belly laugh. Right. It in very little time at all, when I would lay Olivia down for a diaper change, she would start giggling and hold up a foot for me to grab it. She knew that part of getting your diaper changed, I mean, she knew this baby, like people don't understand, like babies, babies are not blank slates and they, they learn and they mirror the love that they get or don't get very quickly. She learned very quickly that diaper changing was more than getting your diaper changed. It was playtime. And, and she knew if she, she held up her foot and started giggling that it would be feet of fire time. Right. And it, that's how everybody A lot of us didn't get that, but that's how every human being should be loved. And so watching Mary bite your face on happy hour made me happy for you. Well, I'm so glad. And I'm going to tell her that. And and, uh, I almost texted her. her. I almost texted her her and said, but but you know what? As I envisioned, like I type out the words, Mary, watching you bite Bob's face tonight made me happy. I realized that that's the sort of thing that 
may not land no, right, so I thought I would wait. No, and no that, that would. I, tell I you. wish you had done that. Uh, and she would appreciate that, but I'll tell her. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what? Max and Lamar and Doc and I, we all got together and we agreed that we need to do a better job of loving you. So we're going to go through a rotation and we're going to take turns biting you. I'm first. Please don't I'm thank first. me. I'm first. Please don't thank me. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I insist. Yeah. Oh, I won't. Yeah, don't worry about that. I won't. All right, Lamar. He's all yours. It's I won't Bobby be slobbering nothing. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. So Mary and I had a, I'll call it a discussion the other day. She was saying, you know, I do the cooking every day. It really would be nice if when I start the cooking at like five o'clock in the afternoon, all the dishes are done because you've agreed that you'll be doing the dishes. And I said, the dishes are done. Well, they're really not done some of the time. I said, I think they are. And went back and forth. And then I said, you know, I not only do the dishes, but I make the bed every day and I do all of the work outside and I take out the garbage. And she uh, didn't say anything, but she found a TikTok from someone who is posting as I love Farida. And it's called You're Such a Good Dad. Now, before we play it, the uh, the dad is in it during the courses, the choruses. And he's jumping up and down in the leaves outside and he's smiling and he's happy as can be. And then during the rest of it, the verses, she is in different situations. So you have to use that in your mind. Here it is right now. You're such a good dad. You are such a good dad. I did the cooking and the cleaning and the groceries and the laundry, fed the cat and the dog, and someone stole my coffee. Got a gift for your mother that you probably won't like. Paid a bill, wiped a butt, broke up a couple fights. Then I just about lost my mind because we both took the kids to the park. And someone said to you, you are such a good dad. You are such a good dad. I woke at 5 a.m. to screaming in the hallway. There was barf in the bed. So another load of laundry. A kid was crying. So we talked about our feelings. You were sleeping. That's cool. But then you got up and your mom came over and she said, You are such a good dad. You are such a good dad. Such a good dad. I did the bath time. Story time, the pee time, the snack time. I said, go to bed just about a million times. And then I sat down to write this song. And you said, did you notice I mowed the lawn? You are <laughs> such a good dad. <laughs> you are such a good dad. Such a good dad. <laughs> you are such a good dad. The bar is low. <laughs> she's great. I was on TikTok. She is great. And she's she's great on camera too. He was he was great on camera. I admit, the bar is low. We do anything and it's like, oh, look at this guy over here. He's such a good dad. You know? <laughs> he went up and got the happy meal <laughs> and brought it to the kid. I admit that that is the situation a lot of the times. It it is it is. Um, I'm enjoying. I'm in week. Is this week two? I think this is week two of. Oh, you don't even like eating dinner? Not a problem. <laughs> oh yeah. How's that I am going? really. 
it's been fantastic. You know, there are days I'm a little lightheaded. I'm not going to lie. You know, a person <laughs> does need some nutrition. But <laughs> but the amount of time that it has freed up for me and the the difference in the quality of my evenings is very pronounced. Like, so um, last night, I had eaten popcorn, I think, for lunch. And so, you know, dinner time rolled around and I said, well, I think there's some leftover Chinese food in the fridge. How about a glass of wine? So we drank a glass of wine and I had DVR'd the um, Ken Burns documentary about buffaloes, which is yeah, super yeah. interesting. If you mm -hmm. know, if you're into a two hour documentary about a large bovine, which I am, <laughs> and it's the story of the American West and the Civil War, like it's all the great thing about American history is everything loops around and touches back on each other. Here's, mm -hmm. here's the Declaration of Independence. Here's covered wagons. There's the Civil War. Here's some buffalo. Fantastic. Um, but I find that uh, I find that the mister, um, going unfed as he is, falls asleep even more fast watching something on TV. <laughs> well, he has no energy to continue. He has no you know? energy. None. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's yeah. so done by the end of the day. But right, I, right. I will say, I will say that the two hours, because that's about, I mean, if we're being honest, that's about how much time I would spend on, well, what should I cook? Let me cook it. All right, let me, you know, I have to run to the store. We're out of something. Um, I got that time back. And once I figure out how to get around the fact that we do need to eat, once I figure that part out, I'm really going to like this new lifestyle. I recommend it. But here's Bob, the tough to thing. Here's, point, here's the I, tough I thing. Say, well, wait, I want to say something in Mary's defense. Um, mm -hmm. There is nothing worse than when you are the person who cooks coming in and having to clean the kitchen in order to be able to cook dinner. That, that sticks in your craw. I get that. But here's what I do. We, we have dinner that she's cooked and I do the cleaning right after. So I don't go to bed unless that sink is empty. But then here comes, and I'm on with you, here comes, uh, here comes breakfast that she's going to make for herself. And here comes lunch that she's going to make for herself. And now there are dishes, right? So I get busy during the day and all of a sudden it's five o'clock and there are some dishes in there. And so we have to figure out a way. I'm just going to break them or throw them out the window like uh, Thomas Jefferson used to do at uh, Monticello. Just, just throw them right out the window. <laughs> That's actually true. Thomas Jefferson did used to do that. <laughs> Mary's Mary's aunt is a tour guide at Monticello in Virginia, and we got a special private tour, and we were in, I guess, the kitchen area, and she said, and that's the window that they would open, and not, not every day, but some days just throw the dishes out. And these were porcelain plates, and over the years, you know, it, they had been covered up by uh, grass and dirt and who knows, leaves and everything else, and they sank. But then they did an excavation of the place, and they're finding dinner plates all over, all near the kitchen and the dining area outside. Yeah, I get it. Sometimes you just can't take it anymore. Anyway, um, I guess the bottom line, guys, is be very careful about what you're bragging about when she's busting it. Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app.
You know, I should have become what they used to call an impresario, which is somebody who puts on shows. He sees what the public wants and he gives it to them, right? Like somebody running a circus or somebody bringing in a band, you know, an impresario. I should be that because I predicted and I was alone that the Golden Bachelor would be a tremendous hit. And I had no interest in any of the Bachelor shows. And, and when I told my wife this, you agree with me, Sherry. You said, I think it will be, too. When I told Mary that, she said, there's no way. Let me tell you. And they did the line on the air. She said, there's no woman of that age that wants another man in his life after having. And they all lost their husbands, right? So all of a sudden, I started noticing. I'd walk through the uh, back room where the TV is. She's watching The Golden Bachelor. Not yeah. only that, she's calling her friend uh, Lynette and discussing The Golden Bachelor. They both are watching it. Everybody's watching it. So here's my prediction. Within six months, The Golden Bachelorette will be happening. You think? Do you mm-hmm. really oh, yeah. think? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could see it, though. Yeah. 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 That would work. Yep. With a, and, and then, so there's this one woman that they pick, you know, and they're going to pick just the right woman. She's going to be pretty and she's going to be funny and interesting and charming. And then they're going to parade by 10 old dudes. Are you telling me that my wife and Lynette are not going to just eat that up? It's, it's, it's going to be bigger than the Golden Bachelor. That's my next prediction. I would watch this. Just like when when we first learned of the Golden Bachelor, I'm like, yeah, yeah. all the Bachelor, every Bachelor episode looks the same to me as the one before. But the Golden right. Bachelor is different. And it's this different. is going to be very, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to watch it. I'm with you. The Golden Bachelorette is my prediction. Within six months, they make the announcement. And then a year la- uh, half a year later, it's on the air. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. It is talk back time. If you have the app, which is the Bob and Sherry app, which is free in Google Play and the Apple Store, you can listen to the show and text the studio and listen to all of our podcasts, including Talking Lamar and the Oddcast and True Weird Stuff. And you can tap the little microphone in the bottom center of the screen and then just talk all you want and the app will do the rest. Or... We can all rock it old school and pick up the phone and call 844-52-SHERRY, 844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. My name is Candy, and I'm calling from central Wisconsin, listening to the podcast Catching Up from September 27th, and heard you talk about the flamingos that found their way to Wisconsin. Um, They're actually still here. They have moved from Lake Michigan to Lake Petenwell, which is about in the middle of the state. Um, Apparently, they got blown off course during the hurricane a few weeks back, and that's how they wound up here. We've had very nice above um, normal temperatures in the 80s the last couple of weeks. However, a cold front has moved in, and we're hoping that prompts them to head back south. Um, We call them the Fantastic Five or the Fabulous Five, so we've really enjoyed having them in our state, but we don't want to see any harm come to them, so we hope they get on back down where they belong. Thanks. I love your show, and have a great day. That is so interesting that the flamingos in a hurricane got blown off course and ended up That's a Disney uh, movie. 
It is. That is such a Disney movie. Yeah. Because the flamingos are like from Boca Raton and they're like, they're a bunch of sassy ladies that talk like this to each other and wear a lot of heavy jewelry. And suddenly what's with all the cheese and flannel? Oh my gosh. That would be such a fun Disney cartoon. I know. Like Madagascar. Okay. I think we have another one. Okay. Two stories in one. Bob and Lamar. I'm listening to the episode about the snakes. First, my dad decided, you know, per me asking for him to redo my pipes under the house. But there was some copperheads down there. So he went and got this snake away stuff and put it all around the house. A few days later, I found one or two little baby snakes like in these spider traps I had like way in the back of the closet. Why are there snakes in my house? Well, you see, the snake away stuff has a certain scent. It's like spraying pepper spray. They can't stand it. So they leave where they're at. My sake, they went up into my house. So my mom does not like snakes. She's seen snake away stuff at my house. I said, no, I'm not using that. So she took it to put it all around her house, okay? A whole year later, I will send you a picture, it's a little bit blurry, of my dad holding this very large snake that my brother found behind his DVDs that he had like on a wall mantle. So he reached up for a DVD and his snake jumped out to bite him where he ran out of the room saying, snake, snake. My mama ran into the room saying, get the baby. He said, no, you get the baby. I'm not going back Well, the snake away stuff, you know, they had baby snakes. A little baby snake crawled up. She did not complain for an entire year because she had zero mice in the house (laughs) until there was a huge snake that, you know, was getting well fed. Oh my God. You get the baby. No, you get the baby. No, you get the baby. I'm not getting the baby. You get the baby. (laughs) I've used that stuff. I've I've spread it around the house, around the perimeter of my property when we were going to be away. I don't know. I mean, I saw one snake. I haven't seen one since, but the idea that they would go inside. If the snake is already in, and you ring your house with that stuff, the Nowhere snake can't get out. You'd be yeah. better off to put the snake yeah. away inside the house, give them a chance for that to run them out, and then put it around the house. Oh, yeah. My thinking. wife's going to yeah. love that. My sprinkling white powder all over the carpet. That's going to go over <laughs> big. No, under the house. It's probably not living in your couch. It's probably under the house. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything in this world that you're so afraid of that you wouldn't go get the baby though? Cause there's nothing that would keep me from a baby. Nothing. They'd be like, girl, there's a hungry grizzly bear in the baby's room. Well, hang on. I got to go get the baby. <laughs> like, what are you, what are people, what are you doing? If you're not, it's like, I, it's like out of the national Enquirer, the, the, the snake got my baby, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> No, I'm, that's a, that was a serious question. Is there anything in this world you're so phobic of that yeah. you're not going to go get the baby? Was she the, referring the, to an actual baby, baby, yes. or a baby, or a baby snake? No, she was talking about the baby. baby. But it was her son that wasn't getting the, the son. It was yeah. like I guess it would be his brother. It's like, will you get the yeah. baby? 
I'd keep a like, track of that in inheritance wise. I'd like say. I wake up in the yeah. night because I've heard a sound and I go in to check on the baby and the baby's asleep in her crib. But Pennywise, the clown is leaning over her with a smile. I'm going to go get the baby. Okay. I'm not going to leave the baby yeah. with yeah. the snake, the raccoon, Pennywise, right. Right. a bat, any of it. Right. Any of yeah. it. What a story. Mm. I don't it's know Bob what to and do Sherry. Now. Use the talk back feature. Talk back feature on the free Bob and Sherry app and leave us a message. I have to be very careful about bringing up this story. I'm I'm hesitant actually because I mentioned on the air that um unless I'm outside sweating pretty good or I have sunscreen on, I don't wash my face every single day and um I was taken apart for that. So I'm a little bit anxious about this next story that I saw on CNBC. How often should you wash your jeans? The Levi's CEO settles the debate. And here's what the article says. For most people, for most pieces of clothing, it's clear they should be washed after a few wears. But jeans can be more divisive. Uh, Levi Strauss's CEO, Charles Berg, may be to blame. At an event, he said something and people went crazy. He clarified by saying, I never said don't wash your jeans. He still doesn't use a washing machine to clean his denim. True denim heads, he says. People who really love their denim will tell you to never put your denim into a washing machine. So that's what I do. If something spills on it, I just, you know, clean the spot. I spot clean it. But if it gets really gross, like I've been outside sweating or something like that, and they get really gross... I'll wash them in the shower. This means keeping the jeans on in the shower and covering them in soap as you would your body. Wash them off and then hang them out to dry. What do you think? I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't have time for this kind of craziness. <laughs> That's what I think about this. I just don't have time for this. I, I'm going to have to give something up in my life if I'm going to stand in the shower scrubbing my jeans while I wear them. Something's going to have to go, and I'm not sure what I'm willing to give up for that. No, no. Can you imagine if Mary walked into the bathroom and I'm in the shower and I'm wearing my jeans and I'm, I'm scrubbing them <laughs> probably with the, with the brush that she keeps in there. Oh God. I don't recommend um, it for you. I don't. <laughs> Using the loofah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think she could ever get that image out of her mind. I think she would go right to the phone and call Lynette and say, I, I think he's really losing it. There was um, some uh, fashion site that I was on, probably who, what, where, or whatever, where they suggested that you put your jeans in the freezer instead of washing them at all. And that put by putting them in the freezer, oh, you're essentially, bacteria. yeah, and you're essentially, you know, disinfecting them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've never. He says I've, the the Levi's guy says don't put them in the freezer. Oh, what that, happens if you put them in the freezer? Mr. He just said he said don't put them in the freezer and don't put them in the washing machine. Then he starts going into that other deal. But he says do not freeze them unless I'm I, working I outside. Wear, listen, if it wasn't for Carly getting my jeans, I don't know when I would wash them though because I don't wash my jeans that often. I wear. I don't for, either. I wear them for over a week with no problem. Yeah, I do the same thing unless they're dirty or sweaty. Yeah, you know, and if I got, if you know, if I'm, yeah, 
Oh, I'm out there doing something and, you know, but yeah. Carl, why do you watch him? I said, because they feel good. They, I mean, you know, they do stretched out. They feel good. I can, I can yeah, button them. That's yeah. great. When you wash them, then I got to be sucking in my gut to button them. I ain't doing that. <laughs> my That's dad wore, my dad wore the old school Levi's, the kind that have, uh-huh. that were stiff as wood. They were like yeah. denim colored wooden <laughs> board pants. Yeah, no yeah. stretch in them whatsoever. And he would buy right. a pair and he would make my mom soak them in the bathtub for days and days and days. I don't know if she was adding something to the water to get them soft enough so that he could sit down in them without having them slice <laughs> his legs off because they were so freaking stiff. But those are the Levi's. If you go into like a thrift store or a vintage store and you can find a pair of those Levi's that have the original ones that have no stretch or anything in them, right. yeah, people right. will pay a fortune for those on the are vintage market. No, really? no, no, no. What's the appeal? If they're not that comfortable, what's the appeal outside well, because of the fact that they're old? Because once they've been worn and broken in, and then they end up in a thrift store, the mm. denim is soft. They're, they've oh, got I that see. slouchy vintage Levi's fit that modern Levi's yeah. don't. It's just a completely different experience. But somebody else went through the pain of wearing those stiff as wood britches before they ended up in your Goodwill or wherever. So if you ever sure. see those, they are, you can resell those. Like if you were at a yard sale, Lamar, and you saw a pile of, of Pawpaw's old Levi's, I don't care what size they are, snatch them up because you can resell those and make a killing. Do you know what pants know of, stretchers are? What oh, pants yeah. stretchers? My, fa- yeah. my father had them. My, mo- yeah. my mom always, no. when she would wash the jeans, she would put, put the pants stretchers down in the legs. Yeah. And it would stretch them out. And yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And they dry that. No, way. I don't. Yeah, they dry no. that way. Yeah. There were three people in my anymore. life who never wore jeans: my father, my brother, and uh, Hampton, my stepson. Hampton never had a pair of jeans, to my knowledge. Really? Yeah. Always, always cargo shorts. It's all he wore, and the, and then those those basketball shorts. He's like an old-fashioned gentleman. It's he never was. owned a pair of In jeans. some ways, he was. It was just so weird. I tried to get him a pair, and he said, no, I don't want them. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by State Farm? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this shit. I cannot believe this Bob, I need you to take a deep breath because what I'm about to say is going to cause you actual physical pain. Are you ready? It's what, time why do you, now. Why, why do you, why do you want to bring that to me? Seriously, why do you want to bring that to me? <laughs> it's time now to know what your love language at work is. That's uh, right. At we work? Now have a work, at work love language. Yes. And you know how you feel about just love languages in general. And now you have to know your work love language. And I knew that would cause you pain. So it's all about appreciation. Um, 93% of employees who said they feel valued are motivated to do their best work and are more engaged and have no desire to look for another job. So that's obvious, right? You go, well, of course that, yeah, when people feel appreciated, they're happy. Problem is, is that most employees do not feel appreciated. Right. Um, Men, they feel that management, 
does not care about their well-being, does not appreciate their effort, just expects them to be available 24-7 and to Mm -hmm. be satisfied with, instead of an adequate paycheck, a quarterly pizza party. So Mm -hmm. here are the love languages of the workplace. Words of, they're very similar to your regular love languages, your words of affirmation, quality Mm -hmm. time, tangible gifts, appropriate physical touch, and acts of service. So I'm going to go, I'm going to just go right out here and guess that for anyone managing Bob Lacey, he is not interested in spending quality time with you. There is no physical touch that could ever be appropriate. (laughs) Words of affirmation are great. Cash money is even better. And an act of service, I don't know, maybe. Because what you're looking um, you're for right. is a way to feel appreciated. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, my uh, words of affirmation uh, at work were always, so long. <laughs> <laughs> so see long. See you Monday. <laughs> I'll see you Monday. Um, I had a program director once when I was in television, actually. And he said, you know, most of the folks who work here really don't care about how big the money is they're making. They just want to have the right equipment and uh, be told they're doing a good job. I've heard that I, too. I've I looked at, that. have you really? You've heard the I've, same yeah, they, thing. I've heard people say, you know, when it comes right down to it, money is not the motivator. I'm like, who are you talking yeah. to? I see your lips what moving. Plan. But I don't understand these words you're saying. People what show up for you? one thing, money. Got to make a living. Yeah. Got to make yeah. a living. Yeah. Now, if you enjoy I, doing it, that's great. But you still yeah. got to make a living. And by the I way, was, the person who was saying these words was upper, man, not top management, but upper management, you know, with a nice 401k. And if the yeah. station is ever sold, a good, a good buyout. I, I'm looking at the section of the workplace love languages that's about appropriate physical touch. And, and they said, you know, some examples of this might be, a high five for a job well done or a fist bump for making a big sale. You know what? No, just how about a paycheck? How about we just, how about I come here and I spend eight or 10 or 12 hours here. And then when I leave, you give me money for my time. And what, can what is the deal with the high five? High the, the, first of all, I haven't seen a high five since the fresh prince. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, <laughs> And, and secondly, again, with a high five, I mean, what are we're the wolves of Wall Street? We just screwed somebody out of $200 million and you do high five because you have no soul? No, 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 no. So, Lamar, you, you know, we only know the um, unique circumstances of the workplace environment and broadcast. Yeah, y'all, live in a, y'all have lived in a bubble for a long, long little bit. time. Yeah, bit. Um, yeah, when you were when you were working eighty hours a week at your former career, were you was it was a fist bump good enough for you, buddy? <laughs> was what you were looking? You for? know, nobody's against a pat on the back, okay? But right. don't do the pat on the back in lieu of a recognizable wage, and you know what I'm saying? I mean, right? Uh, yeah, I mean it's and good by to the keep way, the morale up, but I mean you've got to pay people. The pizza party, the pizza party is now such a cliche. If, if you're in charge of, of morale for where you work, 
if you bring up the pizza party, people hate you. It's like, you know, ever see like in car- old cartoons with little daggers coming out of the, you know, the character's eye? They hate you for that. It doesn't well, work. Here's what you know. Here's what you know. When they say pizza party, that means pizza party, no bonus. Pizza party. Yeah, right. Everybody has a good time, but they're not handing out any checks at the pizza party. <laughs> the, I'll tell the you thing what. It's like, like you love pizza, but wouldn't you yeah. rather eat it with your friends and family? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like wait, in your own but wait, time? but wait. If it's at a when staff meeting, a pe- it's okay. But when they have a pizza party at work, do they go to the really good pizza place and no. bring in really good pizza? No. They go get something that's five bucks a piece, and they stack them up, and you can't right. tell the pizza from the box. And right. yeah, that's it's never great pizza. You know what the worst it's of that is? And, and Sherry and I have been, and she would look over at me. So, like, we've been up since 4.30 in the morning, and they decide to have a stupid staff meeting, which was totally unnecessary, at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. But don't worry, we're, we've got pizza. And, and I go, oh, I don't want to be there, but all right, all right, all right. I'm going to get pizza. The pizzas come in, but some jackass who's leading the meeting keeps talking and talking. And I just can't look You're not at anything. To have the pizza. You yeah, can't have it. Have and it's getting and cold. It's cold. Yeah, yeah it's, cold. it's getting cold. And as he's talking, all I see is his head turns into a pizza. And, and that's all I can think about. <laughs> Bob, we had that one staff meeting in the big conference room. And yeah. I had gone out to the lobby and the pizza was getting delivered. This was around 945. And the staff meeting wasn't till 11. Right. And they didn't stop talking till noon. That pizza had been marinating on the conference room table for hours. It's solid and just nasty at that and point. And gelatinous. Yeah, that's right. But the, that's but the right. manager says... Have have as much as you want. Oh, yeah. Please, sir, thank you. Can I oh. have some more? Yeah. <laughs> have more, please. please. <laughs> it's my rancid cold pizza is my love language at work, Can sir. Can I take please. some with me? <laughs> May I bring the box home for my children to make a craft? <laughs> Look at this. Look at this. Look at this posted up on the bottom of Facebook. You know, we left corporate America, but they weren't sad to see us go, I gotta say. No, no. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So we were just talking about how we don't want pizza parties at work. We want We want a bonus. We want cash. Everybody feels that way. This is, Lamar, you'll appreciate this because you've done stand-up comedy. I was hired to, and I was so nervous, I was going to do some stand-up jokes and a welcoming to the entire employees, all of the employees at a textile mill just before Christmas. And so I was very excited about it, and I worked up my jokes and everything, and I had on my best jacket and tie, and there was like 200 people there. And so I'm getting ready to go on and I'm going to be brought on by the big boss at the textile factory. And he goes up and all of the people know that, I mean, it's not a lot because you don't become a textile magnate by being generous to people, but they would get like a hundred bucks cash for Christmas and a big turkey. And everybody, they were, people were talking about it. Everybody was so excited about it. And so the, uh, 
manager, who was the general manager, not the owner of the textile factory, was going to bring me on. And I'm standing there and he goes, well, glad to see a lot of you out there. We've got two, three generations who've worked here at blah, blah, blah textiles. It's just nice to see. And uh, y'all have worked hard this year. We're still there. We're going. But times are a little tight and we're not going to be able to give out the bonuses this year. Hope we can next year, but we're not going to bring out the bonuses this year. Here's Bob Lacey. <laughs> I was unsure of my stand-up skills to begin with. To try to break through, looking at 200 faces who are not getting turkeys or Christmas money. I don't think Seinfeld could have worked the crowd. Honest to God. I, I'm, I get the sweats right now just thinking about that. Oh, I can't oh even God. imagine. you got to think about what you're saying and doing. It's Bob and Sherry. It's Bob and Sherry, the podcast. So here's a question. If you were given the opportunity, would any of you want to be on the TV show Big Brother? Is that something that you no. would do as a lark? No. So that was quick. And tell me why you were able to answer that so quickly. I've watched it. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I hated watching it. I, I think if I had a choice between Big Brother or Survivor, I would, I would honestly rather do Survivor because the Big Brother, there's just a bunch of, oh God, it would just be being amongst the most selfish, lioness. Just I don't know. I, I've never seen any, my my kids love to watch it. I never saw anybody on there I just didn't despise right off the <laughs> bat. They just seem like terrible people. Okay. I, I mean, I don't I, disagree. I, I mean, yeah, I, don't I disagree. think they're terrible people. I don't know how, how much you? money you get paid for doing it, but I just don't think it's worth I don't know, just hanging out and being in that situation. And um, and, and and like Lamar said, anytime I've watched it, the people are kind of loathsome. I mean, there's nobody where I go, that's eh, somebody I'd want to hang out with. Well, yeah. a group of yeah. a group of psychologists and mental health experts were gathered together and they were asked the question, what are the effects on a human being of being on the TV show Big Brother, being in that situation? And there are so many that are toxic that I'm with you. I don't know what you get paid to be on it, but it needs to be a lot because one of these um, doctors said, the first problem is being constantly watched, feeling isolated from your life and lacking privacy. Human beings have a difficult time tolerating yes. that. Plus, these contestants have limited control over their routines and their interactions, which leads to frustration and anxiety. And they are on, under constant pressure to perform, entertain, while also strategizing. They're under scrutiny and they're afraid of judgment, both from their housemates and their audience, which is a recipe for stress and self-consciousness. Add in being away from their loved ones to be homesick, lonely, um, and you see how this is a, a just a disaster. And in past seasons, some of these contestants have suffered from mood swings, sleep disturbances, Changes in appetite, aggression, tearfulness, fearfulness, self-harm, and self-isolation. That is a lot to be 
on a reality TV show. That's I a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. See, the thing is, you're not getting on that show because nobody. All right, let's just say this: <clears throat> if I'm on that show, I'm boring as hell. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to try to get along with everybody, and I'm going to be pretty low key as far as all that goes. I mean, I'm not never going to shut up and all that kind of stuff. I, I you know, I'll, but I'm not going to be. They're freaky. You you got to be because either you have to be hated. And your best shot for the viewer, people love the people they hate on there. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't want to be the one you hate. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I like you want to be liked too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I want everybody I want to, to like be me. the yeah, hated God. person on Big Man. Brother. I'm, I I want to go into my room and close the door and be left alone at the end of the day. The last thing I want is, mm. oh my God, I'm so tired. It's bedtime. Yeah. Who is it? Sherry, it's Tara. Can I come in? Oh. Okay. Sherry, we have to, we have to team up to get rid of Melissa. Oh God, get out of my room, Tara. Like, I don't want to team up with anybody to get rid of anybody. I don't want to have to strategize and scheme and maneuver. Do you? No. Do you? You know, here's another, here's I, I, another I, I, thing. And especially after, I don't know, doing this job, I don't want to talk to anybody after we're done. Do you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm like. <sighs> Talked out. Yeah. 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 Somebody, I know I have phone calls I need to make. I just don't want to talk to anybody. Some, sometimes I feel so bad that um, I forget that I'm married to someone who's perfectly fine if, if, you know, I don't talk constantly. But in this job, as you know, Lamar, like you have to oh, talk yeah. all the time because otherwise. <laughs> Nothing's happening. <laughs> nothing, there's nothing to listen to. So I feel bad sometimes. And I'm like, um, so how about them Georgia Bulldogs? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like I need to make conversation, right? <laughs> but like you, I, I don't want to talk. One of these former Big Brother contestants said that it was so hard because he said the goalposts were always being moved. And he felt that he would make a friend only to have that friend stab him in the back. And he's like, yeah, it, I, it was so mm. real for me that I, I lost my mind. That's, I mean, that makes picking up a little bit of a rash from the hot tub on The Bachelor seem like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They have ointments for yeah. the, the rash. Yeah. But your yeah. mental health uh, is not so easily fixed. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. We're giving away 10 strength and recovery pillows from Check Feather and Down, designed for both comfort and inspiration during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Whether you use it while sleeping or driving, these pillows help provide post-surgical relief after a mastectomy, a lumpectomy, or a reduction. You can win one of these pillows now by going to the contest page at bobandsherry.com. So um, during the break just now, we were talking amongst ourselves about that whole, like, God, who would want to be on Big Brother? It makes you lose your mind. And Max goes, you know, you never hear about the guy that won that first season of Survivor. The naked one, right? Richard Hatch? Richard Hatch, yeah. Wasn't that his kind of claim to fame? He was naked and afraid before that was even invented? Yeah, I think that was it, yeah. Yeah. I think he went to prison for something, didn't he? Yeah, so it was tax evasion. 
And so he had not he, he had not paid three hundred and twenty one thousand dollars on uh, taxes, and so uh, he ended up doing fifty one months in prison. That's that's not a short stretch. That's four years and three months, I believe. If my, did, did he still have to pay the money on top of that? Well, I'm guessing because I I, well, I, I haven't me. I haven't noticed that the federal <laughs> government goes ah just ah, <laughs> ah, nope. Don't worry about that. Well, I thought maybe they'd give him a choice of 50 months or pay the money. No, I got to imagine that okay. they're going to still want their money somehow. Um, yeah. Now, but he's done, he did other versions of Survivor, I mean, through the course of time. And the last thing, because I, because I was like, what's the last thing he did? He was on The Biggest Loser in 2016. So, um, you know, that was a little while ago, seven years ago. And they said he was he came in thirteenth place on that. On the biggest loser. Uh-huh. The biggest loser was about weight loss though, right? So yes, right. Yes, coming in coming in last on that, that was because he wasn't the biggest loser. He didn't right? have a much to yeah, he yeah, because you you're you're going up against some some people that's got well, a lot weight, of weight. Well, weight he had lost a lot of weight before they did the first survivor, which is where the confidence he had to go ahead and do the survivor. I remember that as part of the uh as part of the situation. When you're on the island and can't eat nothing but a tree limb, it's a lot easier to lose weight than yeah. when you're in America. <laughs> but he's had different kinds of weird domestic assault charges and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't get the idea like, that he's a good guy. Yeah. He's like a sketchy sort of, yeah. uh, well, I mean, he kind of, he showed us all who he was in that first season of survival. Literally. Literally, because <laughs> he was way, naked the right? whole time. Yeah. He should have went on naked and afraid, because he definitely wasn't afraid to be naked. Well, uh, and he was a schemer and a manipulator oh, yeah. and a trickster. Yeah. And I remember, I vividly remember the outrage that the that what that viewers of that first season of Survivor felt like. This guy is not. He's playing dirty, and what <laughs> he knew. Yeah, see, that's what he knew that the rest of us were innocent of he understood that yeah. was the game yeah. yeah and 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 it got harder it got harder after that because everybody went in there knowing what the deal was you know i was listening to a podcast about psychopathy <laughs> Let's hear it. Listening. but but when you think about it you know that the people you think of a psychopath you think about ted bundy you know as a killer but there are people with various levels of it who are they're never going to kill somebody but they're able to do stuff like corporate jobs where you're not really yes. bothered by letting people go and ending people's careers and people going hungry and all that sort of thing and so i think that probably richard hatch was somewhere on that spectrum and that is why he well, yeah. was he was successful with what he did yeah I think you're right. And I and you have to be honest with yourself. Like when I when I I remember watching that first season of Survivor and knowing that there wasn't anything about that show that I could do. I did not want to be hot or cold. I didn't want to be wet. I didn't want to be sunburned. I didn't want to be hungry. I didn't want to have to walk on rocks without my shoes. I didn't want to eat a bug. And I did not want to stab random strangers in the back to try to get a tiki charm. So, like, I knew that I was not cut out for that. And yet I know people that all they wanted for the longest time was to be a Survivor contestant. And I knew that wasn't for me. Did you ever for one minute think it was for you? No. Uh Uh-uh. No, in no way, shape, or form. Because... You know, I don't want to have to be living off the land to get my food. I like being able to, you know, 
I like being comfortable. Get takeout. I really yeah. like being comfortable. I like I sleeping do. in a bed with sheets. I don't even like camping. I like sleeping in a bed with sheets. You know, so there was no way that that was going to be something. In fact, when they came up with the idea, this was one of the first big network reality shows. Because I think the first reality show really was on MTV, was The Real World. Yeah, yeah. The Real yeah. World. So when, yeah. when, so when this came out, it, I remember when they proposed it, I thought to myself, well, this is a stupid idea. Who's going to want to watch that? I just mm. couldn't imagine. And, oh, my God, it was a huge hit. I mean, it was, I mean, it was all anybody wanted to talk about. Now, I was an amazing race guy. Me and Kaylee watched all the amazing races. My daughter, Kaylee, we watched all the amazing races, and we would come up with exactly how we would do it. I mean, you know, the whole deal. I told, I, I told, I told her, I said, look, let's apply, and we'll apply that we have been estranged and we hate each other, but we're trying to rekindle our father-daughter <laughs> relationship. Because if you don't have a story, if you don't have a right, story, they right, don't even right. want you. They don't even want to. But Amazing Race, I always thought was great. I love the Amazing Race. I can't think of a single reality show. I, I can see you and Kaylee on Amazing Race, Lamar. I really uh, yeah. could. I yeah, think that yeah. would be fantastic. I I can't think of a single reality show where I belong. Could you? Like, I can't think of one. <laughs> and I can't go on Jeopardy. Because I'm too excitable. I won't be able to manage the buzzer. I'll be, that is I'll really a big <laughs> part of it. It's a huge part of it. I've read about it. Because we, we'll watch Jeopardy at night. And, and I'll be getting all the answers. And my daughters will be like, you should go on Jeopardy, Mom. And I'm like, no. I can barely be trusted with a steak knife. I just get all excited. <laughs> and then things yeah. are, yeah. I just don't see it, Max. I don't nope. see it. Nope. No. I guess we'll just keep doing this. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. Never, ever naked and afraid. The last thing I want is getting scratched by branches there. Listen, if I'm naked, the beasts are afraid. <laughs> They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Well done, Lamar. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry archive vault can i tell you guys what happened to me on saturday because it was just mm-hmm. insane so um i was out doing stuff and and um i knew we were out of rum my husband's in a daiquiri phase ever since like uh late 2019 all he wants to drink is daiquiris and so you sounded like the- a pirate you sounded like a pirate i knew we were out of rum i knew we were well it gets piratey so I knew we were out of the rum. Uh-huh. So I was near a liquor store. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pop in. I'm going to get himself um, some rum. And I go in and they had the big bottles of Bacardi silver and they were made of glass. Sometimes you go to the liquor store and your bottles are plastic and sometimes they're glass. And I always right. try to buy glass bottles for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, taste better, less plastic, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Well, that was my first mistake. Um, so I'm there and I'm like, I'm going to get him two the, the handles. That's like, is that a fifth or is that more like the big jug? The oh, handle that's more, jug? I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's more. So I, I got him two big handles of Bacardi silver, twenty one ninety five each. By the way, and don't, take- don't try to, don't try to act innocent with, Oh, is that more than a fifth at the, the handle? Is well, that mat- more than a fifth? Come on. The volume matters here. Because rum bottles don't have a handle like Tito's, so I'm not sure if it was the same amount. It's a lot. It's about a gallon or so or more of rum. 
And I bought two so that uh, I wouldn't have to go back to the liquor store for, you know, like a while, like three days. So I've got <laughs> two bottles of rum and I bring them home and I, I set them on the counter and it's mayhem because I've walked into the house at like six o'clock. Kevin is not home yet. And the animals are like, meow, meow, woof, 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 because they like to eat dinner at five and the little SOBs can tell time. They can literally tell time. I agree. So now everyone's barking and meowing and screaming. So I set their two glass bottles of rum down on the kitchen counter. I grab the cat food in one hand. I grab a can of Sam's food in the other. I'm feeding the cats and they're all so excited because it's dinner time. One of the cats, Tiberius, jumps on the counter, races toward his food dish, and knocks one of the glass bottles of rum onto the floor where, you know, it didn't bounce. Did it shatter? It shattered. And and now I've got a lake of rum spreading throughout the kitchen and meowing and barking and broken glass everywhere. And, And the dog who is... A thousand years old now, blind and deaf, and never was very bright to begin with. He follows me everywhere. Now he follows me into the rum and follows me out of the rum. So now there's shoe prints and paw prints of rum as I'm sprinting to the laundry room to get something to mop it up with. Forget paper towels. This is a lake of rum, like on a freaking pirate ship. So I grab, there's an old blanket in the laundry room that I was about to wash. I grab that, I throw it over the floor on the rum. There's a whole trail of paw prints and footprints of rum. Here's what surprised me. It's alcohol, right? It dries so freaking sticky, and the house smells like the inside of Johnny Depp's dressing room. You know, it's a funny thing you say Johnny Depp, because when you said that the cat knocked over, I knew where you were going, even though I don't know this story, and that it smashed. All I could think about was that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean, where he's on that deserted island, and he stashed all of this rum, and Kira Knightley, for some reason, set fire to something, and the rum explodes, and all the rum is gone, and he's crying, because he has no more rum. When you have a lake of rum on your kitchen floor next to your gas stove, yeah, that's exactly what you're expecting is going to happen. It took yeah. me, I had to, first I had to clean up the rum, then I had to get all the broken glass, then I had to mop the floor, and then I had to fill the bathtub with a couple of inches of water and dip the dog's paws in it. Not because I was worried about him licking it and catching a buzz, what, what harm could that do, but because he was tracking it everywhere. Everywhere. Kevin walks in. Kevin walks in as I'm finishing the last step, and he goes, what's what's going on here? What's wrong? Like, the cat knocked over, and then there was broken glass, and then there was... Uh, and he goes... Did you blame it on him? Did you blame it on him? He goes... And I said, this was for you. I don't even drink this. I, I, I don't even drink this rum. I got this for you. And blame he goes... It blame it on him. He goes, sounds like you need some now, woman. That was a good rejoinder. This is a man, you know, who can get aggravated if a squirrel goes near his bird feeder. But he's Mr. Like, chill out and be zen when we're canoeing through the rum in the kitchen. And what a waste of good, I mean, I hate to say, but what a waste of good alcohol, Bob. You know why he was cool? You bought two bottles, didn't you? That's what he said. He goes, good thing you bought two. Too bad that this time they had glass. Oh, shut up and get out of this kitchen before I whack you with a bottle. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. You know, things get crazier and crazier. 
Now, in St. Louis, they have proposed a bill to allow homeless people to urinate and defecate in public. Lawmakers in St. Louis, Missouri, are debating a bill that would exempt homeless individuals from laws against going to the bathroom in the public. The bill was introduced by Aldermanic President Megan Green and Alderwoman Alicia Sonier of Tower Grove. They argue that exceptions are needed given the low number of public restrooms in the city. After every sporting event, after every Mardi Gras, we see other people doing the same thing, engaging in public urination. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. What's the problem? This seems like a, you know, what, what are we doing? Well, well, my thought process is if you have a low number of restrooms, how about porta johns? Would we not like to put up some porta johns or something before we just let people start doing that in the streets? Is it just me? Um, or is this crazy? It seems so like a crappy idea, no pun intended. I mean, it is a crappy <laughs> idea. I'm, I'm disappointed in us as a species yeah. that we're having this conversation in the year 2023. Yes. I feel like, feel like we should. This is something we should have mastered, you know. Um, like we have, we can fly planes and launch satellites. And what are we living in the dark ages? Exactly. <laughs> this is my lord. Like we've identified just, the problem. There is a low number of public restrooms. You could fix that. I mean, yes, honestly, you if you didn't do nothing but line up portageons, I mean, come it, on. In America, needing a bathroom is a very punitive experience, you know. And I don't blame businesses or restrooms for customers only. Nope, nope, nope. I don't when there are no public restrooms and no access to bathrooms, people are going to go. Oh, yes, there's no doubt. They're going to go. And I'm with you, Lamar. This seems like a problem (laughs) we could solve if we wanted to. This is like we're giving up. This is like we just we're buying Velcro shoes because we don't want to time. We're just giving up. I mean, we're waving I, that I just, white flag and it's made out of quilted northern. I mean, it's just yeah. terrible. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It got to be a solution. I just don't know what it is. It's but Bob you think and of Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review, and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.